Howdy. Happy New Year, everyone. We leave 2019 behind, and even more, an entire decade is now in the books. I just wanted to get up on my soapbox for one minute and give out a gentle reminder to us all, and that is to remember what's important. Another year is a gift, and we can fight all day online about politics, space movies, life choices, and even sports. But at the end of the day, just hug your kids, hug your family, hug your loved ones, and tell them all how much they mean to you. Life is way too damn short for it all to be about arguments. So don't let that be why you get up every single morning. Find meaning, find happiness, seek help if you need it. But most of all, embrace the gift and go pet a dog, go eat some ice cream, play a game, go on a hike, do anything so you don't look back and feel you wasted an opportunity. It's just way too damn short. Let's talk some football. Welcome to the Common Ground Football Podcast. Here are your hosts, Brian McLaughlin and Andrew Guzman. Winning. Happy New Year, my friends, and welcome to another exciting edition of the Common Ground Football Podcast. Brian McLaughlin, the Seahawks fan, here with you this week again. The 2019 NFL regular season is officially over, done, finished. One of our teams continues on into the playoffs, and the other begins an offseason way earlier than they wanted to. We are going to get into all that. We will recap the games from Week 17. Dallas looked good, but it was too little too late. Uh, While up in Seattle, the Seahawks lost by literally mere inches. Or was it something else, maybe? I don't know. We'll get into that. I may have a rant or two, so be prepared for that. Uh, We will also go through the final playoff seating, updated draft order, which coaches have already lost their jobs, maybe some that have already got new jobs. Then, wildcard weekend is upon us, and I will go through each and every game leading up to the Seahawks at Eagles on Sunday afternoon. The road to the Super Bowl will be tough for my Seahawks, but maybe this was actually the easier of the hard roads. Every road there was going to be difficult, but I think maybe uh, we got the easier one of the two, if that makes any sense at all. And if they win, what is it all set up? We'll go over that. Uh, game picks, of course, will cap us off. And then we might throw a little Dennis from Ohio in there. Can't go without a question from him. And uh, But yeah, let's get started. Um, week 17, final week of the regular season games. We start in Dallas, where the Cowboys demolished, absolutely demolished the Washington racial slurs 47-16. to uh, unfortunately, though, for the Cowboys, the Eagles won their game, which meant no division and no playoffs for the Cowboys this year. Uh, I haven't spoken to Andrew yet uh, about how he feels, uh, as he usually usually he needs. I need to give him like some space, even if he was still here doing this show with me. Uh, I would still need to give him his space. Uh, I learned that early on. Um, I'm sure, like most fans, he's just disappointed. And honestly, you know what? I was thinking about this. They should be disappointed. I'm not a Cowboys fan at all. I can't stand the Cowboys. But I tell you what, if you look at their roster, their roster should not be in the offseason right now. Absolutely should not be. And consistency in the end is, I think, what killed them. Great one week, bad for another. You never know what team was going to show up every single week. And even at the beginning of the season, first half, first three quarters, when Andrew was here, he, was, he said the same thing. Didn't know what team was going to be here. 
Um, I wish I had him here, honestly, right now to break it down even further, because I certainly can't. Uh, but I'm sure he will have plenty to say uh, when he returns uh, in the future. Um, I'm thinking I might get Dean back on uh, soon, either maybe next week or the week after. He doesn't even know. I'm just going to ask him right here on the podcast because uh, <laughs> I know that he'd have some things to say. So, but what does this all lead to? So they're out of the playoffs. This leads to, you know, of course, the bigger story. You know, is it Dak's contract? No. Is it some of the other guys' contract? No. The big story, of course, is Jason Garrett. But nobody knows what's going on with Jason Garrett. You had Black Monday, which that first Monday after the regular season ends, uh, the NFL goes nuts with firing coaches. Teams that are done, they get rid of them. It was actually kind of a quiet one. We're going to go through it uh, here in a little bit. Um, and Garrett was one of the ones we expected to be fired. But he had a meeting with the Jones family. And he had another meeting. And then here we are. He's on his third meeting today, which is Thursday. If you're listening to this, I'm recording Thursday. Um, but we still most still expect him to be fired. But why do you got to have three meetings with ownership? That doesn't make any sense. To me, that says they're trying to either, one, keep him, which... I got to believe would just piss off and alienate some Cowboys fans or two. They're going to move on from him, but they're trying to find a, like another spot for him in the organization or trying to figure out something. Uh, it's been said that Jones, when he's got his guys, those are his guys and he has a hard time letting go. So, you know, maybe he's just, he doesn't want to just let him go. Maybe he wants to find somewhere else, something else for him to do. Uh, I don't know, but it's still weird. Um, if he remains the coach, I mean, how do you feel about that? Cowboys fans? I got to believe that's not what you want. I watch Twitter you guys all bitch all the time that you were done and ready for move on. So, um, and then after that, you do have to worry about the DAC contract that could, you know, it, it, this could end up being a really messy off season, uh, for a team that honestly should still be playing. <laughs> if you look at their roster, um, it's crazy. I don't, I don't get it, but, uh, they are sitting at home. Um, we'll see how many weeks until my Seahawks join them. Hoping for four more games, but good God. I don't know if that's possible. Okay. That's all I got on the Cowboys right now. Um, by the time I record next week, maybe we'll have a Jason Garrett decision. Uh, I, I have no idea. I, it's honestly the strangest thing ever. And it's just another sign of, uh, Jerry Jones, just getting in the way of his own organization. It, it's mind-boggling. His ego has to be gigantic for him to be the only one who doesn't see that he is the problem. That's coming from an outsider, of course. Maybe I'm wrong, except for I don't think I am. Okay, Seahawks. Um, because it's Thursday, part of me just wants to move on from this game and focus on the Eagles, but... Um, I should have recorded this earlier in the week. I tried to and had some technical difficulties and, uh, and I do have some things to say, so we're just going to do it. Like I, you know, it's fresh after, and then we're going to move on. So I'm going to say what I have to say, and then we're just going to put it in the rear view mirror and move on. Just like the Arizona game. Just, I didn't even talk about that game. Just move on. But here we go. Huge game. Sunday night game. Niners in town. Last game of the NFL season. This is the game we all actually wished for a little bit weeks ago. We talked about how cool would it be if it came down to week 17. Winner gets division. 
Loser gets wild card. How cool would that be? If the Niners win this game, they get home field advantage throughout the playoffs. Number one seed. Seahawks, if they win, they get at least one home game. There's tons on the line for both teams, right? Tons. Lots of hype all day. We're watching all the games. We're watching Packers. Really hoping the Lions, who started out really good in that game, you know, can somehow win. They don't. <laughs> and uh, so once the Packers won, Saints won, all the Hawks were playing for at that point was the division and a home game, which is still, I mean, that's a big deal. I mean, everybody likes the division banners, you know. That's nice. I don't, nobody wants to hear the Niners bragging about how they own the NFC West. It's gross. Um, but the bye week was that possibility was gone. They screwed that up, losing to Arizona. Um, losing three out of their last four actually screws that up. So, um, but we're not talking about Arizona. Nope, 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 nope. Um, but this Sunday night game, this one was crazy all the way up until the very end. Seahawks they end up losing by actual inches maybe centimeters maybe there's a couple camera angles that maybe we shouldn't have lost at all but that's who cares that's stupid but it was basically inches centimeters whatever uh niners win 26 21 take the nfc west they get the number one seed in the nfc the road to the super bowl goes through denim stadium there in santa clara hooray dennis from ohio is happy i'm sure when we listen to his message there'll be a woo or two in there gotta believe he's a happy camper uh real quick let's do my awesome my bummer awesome uh the resilience of this team okay so we're gonna go through a bunch of things in this game and uh but one of the things i want to point out is after that first half and how bad it went for the seahawks that team could have very easily just said all right well you know what in the end we're already in the playoffs we can't get a bye week let's throw in the towel you know let's just get through this game but they turned it on the second half, and they never gave up. They kept going. The game got more exciting as it went on. It was more fun towards the end. That second half was unbelievable. And we've seen the resiliency in this team the entire season. They never give up. And i gotta hand it to him that's awesome because i'd be frustrated as hell with my coaching staff and how they prepare for the games and how you know we start they start off so damn slow but they never give up they keep fighting russell fights everyone fights defense could have a bad series they come right back and try it again the next one and i know they're getting paid you know it's a game they're getting paid to do it they better do it whatever You've seen plenty of teams quit on their coaches. You've seen plenty of teams throw in the towel uh, in a game. This team never does, man. They they never give up. So I got to give them that. It's awesome. Bummer. Uh, first half. And this is a theme we've seen across the whole entire season. This Seahawks team starts off so damn slow. Yeah, sure. They've had an opening possession touchdown here and there. But then afterwards, it goes straight down the toilet. And I don't know if it's the way they scheme I don't know if it's – I don't know what it is. We could point to a million and six different things, but they got to figure it out. If they want to get far in the playoffs, they cannot start slow. You cannot have one half of football, especially the first half, where you don't do anything and then you turn it on in the second half because you're already behind. You can't do that. I understand Pete Carroll's big thing is, oh, you can't win or lose a game in the first quarter. Uh, bullshit. You can absolutely win a game in the first quarter. Take a big freaking lead, and all of a sudden, you can win a game. 
There's no reason to just wait until you're behind to turn everything on. Start aggressive. Stay aggressive. Go. It's obnoxious. Okay. So here's what I want to do. Most of you all out there have two instances from this game that you want to react to. We all had the same ones right after the game. They both happened near the end, and therefore they were the freshest thing in everyone's minds. And it was all after it was all over, and of course, because of that, those were super easy to blame for the loss. There were both moments in the game that I want to give my thoughts on. But then, something I don't normally do, of course, I want to look at the bigger picture. <laughs> and I want to talk about the actual reasons that the Seahawks lost this game. Because there are many other reasons. I'm going to go through a few of them. There are things that if they had been done just a little bit differently, those instances at the end that we're talking about, those two, they wouldn't have mattered or even happened at all. Right? Okay, so here we go. Number one, let's address the non-call for the DPI, defensive defensive pass interference in the last series. Uh, This is what the national media heavily focused on because of what happened in New Orleans last season. Um, Was it? A DPI? Uh, you bet. Yeah, it was. And and Niners fans, of course, will argue with me all day. But the officials, they missed it. Um, can you argue there might have been a little offensive pass interference? You know, maybe. Um, but some experts who understand the game and rules way more than I do, uh, they have said that because of Hollister's move in his route, that his contact was allowed and should have been overlooked as it was. But Fred Warner absolutely interfered on the defensive side of the ball he's not even looking at the ball he's not turned towards the ball he's all over Hollister and it's blatantly obvious to me and anyone who's not a Niners fan that they should have absolutely thrown a flag but you know what's worse what's worse is that even though they didn't throw a flag they have this fancy new rule in place right this fancy new rule because of the New Orleans game last year that pass interference is now reviewable Now, yes, it's under two minutes. Pete can't challenge it, but you know what's supposed to happen? They're supposed to catch it in New York, and they're supposed to stop the game and review it. Even if in the end they decide, oh, no, it isn't pass interference, they're supposed to stop the game and go to a review. But because that rule is 100% broken, doesn't work at all, we've seen it all season long, it doesn't work, They didn't review it. But you want to know what's even worse? (laughs) We keep going here, right? There's tears to this. We know what's even worse is after the game, Mr. Riveron over there from NFL officiating in New York released a statement that said, we did review the play, which is weird because nothing was ever said on the field. They didn't stop the game. Nothing happened. And they determined that it wasn't defensive pass interference. Well, That doesn't make any sense because the review is supposed to be stopping the game and saying, hey, the previous play is under review. So you have that. But then if you watch the film, you watch the video, it's 100% pass interference. Stupid. And that right there, that's the biggest problem of all of this. All right. We have all read the rule. And unless we are a Niners fan excited about winning the game, we all know that it was pass interference. But the league is ignoring their own language. They're ignoring their own rules. It is an absolute joke of a system. And we will not see that rule next season. 
which we know they're doing on purpose, which is just stupid. But we're not going to see it because it obviously didn't work just like they wanted it to. And the officials don't want it to. I'm going to do an entire show in the offseason, probably with Dennis from Ohio and hopefully Andrew, about officiating and how easy it would be for the NFL to fix this problem. And I'm not the only one. There's a bunch of other media people out there uh, smarter than me that agree, you know, that have the exact same look on it on how you could fix it and make it better. But the league won't do it. You know, it's just ridiculous. Okay. We got the DPI out of our system. We, we, we get it. It was bad. It wasn't the worst one. Okay. Remember, we talked two instances at the end of the game that everybody's talking about. Number two, that non-call was huge. But it doesn't even come close to what bugged me the most and what bugged the local media. Okay, so you had the national media focused on the non-call, right? The local Seattle Seahawks covering sports media. I'm not media. I'm just a dude with a microphone makes a podcast. But I was just as annoyed. Uh, This is the one that pisses us all off and makes us just go, huh? Because if this one doesn't happen... That sec that first one, the DPI, probably never exists. Okay. So the Seahawks complete a pass to Ursua, uh, which gets a first, it's eleven yard completion. It's on fourth down, gets him to the one. Um we're all excited. Holy crap, they get one more shot. They gotta run up, spike the ball, stop the clock, which they do. Russell runs up, Fant is hurt in the background, he runs up, they spike the ball, stop the clock. Stadium's going nuts. They're on the one. They're going to have three shots at this. With that, with as much time as left, if they get a touchdown, they're going to win. You got March, Marshawn Lynch is actually on the roster. He's already scored from the one once in this game. This all had the 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 potential right of becoming one of the biggest Seattle sports stories ever. Sports moments, right? Does it redeem Super Bowl Forty Nine? No, but. A little bit of it is like, yeah, you know what? How freaking cool is this? Lynch, which was like, who who would have thought he would have been back anyway? And, and you would have won the freaking game. Won the NFC West, right? So everyone's jumping up. I'm jumping up and down at home. And then, all of a sudden, flags everywhere. Delay a game penalty. How the hell... Does your coaching staff, do your players, Russell Wilson, how do they not pay attention to the play clock and take a delay of game penalty at that moment? How? There's been a lot of coaching blunders this season, and I have bitched about a lot of them. Pete Carroll has just, I love the guy. He is a Seattle sports icon now, but he is driven, driven. That's not a word. He has driven me crazy this season with some of the decisions. His, he's never been great at time management, timeout management, any of that stuff. But this, they, they, they were walking around like they thought they had a timeout. Spiking the ball just stops the clock, and then the play clock immediately starts. They set the ball 40 seconds. Boom. Russell's milling around. They're just acting like they got a full timeout. They were out of timeouts. They didn't have any timeouts. 
They couldn't figure out Marshawn in the game. Where's Marshawn? Get Marshawn on the field. How do you not have Marshawn standing right next to a coach on the sideline for that? I mean, you if, if you're going to complete the ball, but not a touchdown, you're going to have Marshawn go in. How is he not standing there ready to go? And if he isn't, throw Homer in there. I don't care. Get a running back in the game that should have all been like done. You called the fourth down play. Schottenheimer's like, okay, they're going to run this. This is what we're going to do afterwards. Should have had it ready to go. Should take two seconds for an offensive coordinator to go, okay, they complete this. If it's not a touchdown, we're going to do this and this. Should know what you're going to do. And they were running around acting like, oh, look, we got all the time in the world. It will easily go down as one of the biggest coaching blunders in Seahawks history. Cost them the game. Absolutely cost them the game. I, I could not believe. I mean, just sitting there in disbelief. So, and Russell, Russell, you're the quarterback. How do you not know what's happening here? It's like everyone forgot how the rules in the NFL work. It's Thursday, and I'm still just like fired up. <laughs> just can't believe that that's how it went. It, it, it's, it's not as bad as the interception at the end of 49, Super Bowl 49. But man, it, hurt, it, it, it's close, right? It's close. So I'm going to stop there, though, right? It's painful. I'm going to breathe. <laughs> uh, it, yeah. Pete's excuses for it were stupid. Just, oh, oh, you know, we just, uh, we had a little trouble getting, but stop. You guys screwed up. 100% screwed up. Okay. But now here, here, here's the thing though. So I went through those two, right? But here is why they actually lost the game. Okay. I'm going to give you a couple of reasons. Because those two at the end of the game shouldn't have taken place had they done what they were supposed to do throughout the rest of the game. Reason number one, no offense in the first half. None. Zero. Niners were up 13-0 at halftime. Seahawks offense, non-existent. Again. Niners knew exactly what was coming. It's like the Hawks just planned the same thing and then plan on adjusting and then they don't adjust till the second half which is just stupid you're standing on the sideline you have guys up in the you have people all over the place you got guys up in the booth every, everybody's there you're looking at at ipads in between series like making adjustments sooner but the niners were covering everything they looked they looked great but and they were seahawks of course i get it they were probably a little bit worried with their running game but homer's a, homer looks fine you got lynch looked okay Still establish the run. That's what opens up your passing game. Yeah, I want to unleash Russell too, but he started off with like, I don't remember what the number was. It was awful. Couldn't complete a pass to save his life. Looked like absolute garbage. Another game where the offense comes out slow, and I don't know if it's Schottenheimer's game planning. What I don't know, I don't know what it is. If it's too much influence from Pete Carroll, I I. I'm giving up on trying to figure it out, but damn, it's annoying. Just put your foot on the gas, get out there, be aggressive, run up the freaking score, and then in the end of the game, you can maybe, I don't know, defend your lead instead of having this frantic 
give all your fans a heart attack. Oh, we might win this, might lose it. I just ugh. Reason number two, defense. Couldn't hold the Niners in the second half. Okay? So the offense for Seattle wakes up, scores a touchdown in the third quarter. Gives the ball back to San Francisco, who then marches right on down the field and scores one of their own very quickly. Okay? Then the fourth quarter comes along. Seattle scores again. And then San Francisco marches right on down the field again and scores another one for themselves. Now let's give them credit. Okay? So the Seahawks scored again after that, and the defense did hold. And that's what gave them that last shot in the end. So don't get me wrong. That right there was huge. Okay? But... Just like in Super Bowl 49, we all want to blame it on a play call at the very end when we really should be looking at how the defense didn't stop the opposing offense. Okay? They deserve some of the blame. Had they stopped the Niners just on one of those, totally different ballgame. But they didn't. And it wasn't even pretty. Like, it wasn't even close. They just let them just march right on down the field. Ugly. So, you can look at a missed DPI. You can look at the worst possible coaching blunder ever. But in the end, you take all the reasons together and you just basically tie it all up and say... This team's inability to play a complete game from the first quarter to the fourth quarter. That's what kills them. Yeah, they finished the season 11 and 5. Hooray. Should have been 13 and 3. Could have been 12 and, or excuse me, 14 and 2. I'm tired. Um, could have been way worse than 11 and 5. I mean, you can go the other way, but I said all season long this team's worse than their record was. They got really lucky in these last 4 weeks outside of one win. They lost 3 of their last 4. Luck ran out, man. I uh, uh, it's just they wait until they're down and then the second half they turn it on. You can't do that consistently. That's going to kill you. What happened the second half? They went hurry up. Russell, the tempo went up, and all of a sudden started doing well. Why isn't that something you do in the first half? I'm beyond irritated. But you know what? At the end of the day, even though they're limping out of the regular season and limping into the playoffs, losing three of their final four, they are in the playoffs. Right? They have a shot. And we have said all along, all you have to do is get in. Is it likely that a wild card team makes it all the way to the Super Bowl? No doesn't happen that often i think the uh was it the 2012 ravens i think that's the last team to do it it doesn't happen the number one seed number two seed those those top seeds with that bye week and as good as they are to get those that usually is a, those are the hard teams to get through so i don't know i mean you're looking at injuries coaching so many little factors for this team is making that road in the playoffs now at their end uh, a very difficult one. But you know what? <laughs> Speaking of roads, I think they actually got the easier road. And even though we're pissed off about a loss and we wanted that win so bad, at the end, even though I was mad about those two things and all that other crap, I actually sat there and go, you know, I'm all right. 
We got to go on the road and play the Eagles. I'm okay with that. If they'd have won, they would have hosted the Vikings. Their road record this season is 7-1. and one. Their home record's garbage. Their home field advantage is gone. It's And again, for the 12s that listen to this podcast, it's not you guys. You guys bring it every single game. It's just not the same. Teams used to be afraid to come up there and play, and now they're not. And the, the Seahawks don't play well in their own stadium. That home field advantage is gone. It's been gone for a couple years now. But on the road this season, I don't know what it was. Maybe they weren't as nervous because they weren't playing in front of 60,000 of their 67,000 of their own fans. I don't know. But they did better. So if you ask me, would I want to stay home and and play the Vikings or go play the same injury uh, riddled team and the Eagles? You know, they're just as hurt. I think I'd take the Eagles. Here's, Here's what it leads to. So. Let's say the Seahawks win on Sunday, Sunday afternoon in Philadelphia. Then you know what they do? It's a rematch time. Then they go to San Francisco or Santa Clara to Denham Stadium, Levi Stadium, whatever the hell it's called. And they get a rematch with the Niners. Now, how cool would that be to knock them right off their high horse in their own building and knock off a number one seed? Likely, no, but could happen. It absolutely could happen. Otherwise, your other choice was you host the Vikings. If you win that game, you're heading to New Orleans. And if you ask me where I'd rather play the second game, New Orleans, or actually any game, but if you gave me a choice between New Orleans and Santa Clara, I'll pick Santa Clara all day. There's no home field advantage in that stadium. None. But New Orleans is loud. That's a hard place to play. So when you look at the roads, they got the better one. Now, they still have to go out and perform. They still have to go out and win the freaking game. But this is, if, 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 if you really, really look at what they probably wanted, of course they wanted to win the game, but they got, this is what they wanted. Go play Philly, get guys healthy, and then it's rematch time. Hell yeah. Okay, so we're going to jump off of week 17, and we're going to move on. It's over. It's done with. We're moving on. Um, let's talk playoffs real quick. We'll go through each game on its own um, in a little bit. But here's the final seedings, okay? You ready? Here we go. In the AFC, Baltimore and the Chiefs get their bye week. That's one and two. Uh, New England lost to Miami, and so New England, instead of being a two, is now a three. The Chiefs were so happy. So New England's the three, Texans the four, Bills five, Titans six. In the NFC, Niners, of course, now have the number one seed. Packers are number two. Saints drop all the way down to a three. Eagles four for winning the garbage NFC East. And then Seahawks and Vikings round out that. So 
not bad. Pretty much what we thought would happen, right? So we'll go through those games here in a little bit. Let's look at, uh, I just want to go through real quick, the coaching tracker. So um, it was honestly pretty quiet. We've had louder uh, Black Mondays, as they're called. Um, Gruden was, was, you know, Jay Gruden in, in Washington. He was fired, you know, back in October. Um, so we already knew that. Um, but immediately after, was it even Sunday night? It might've been Sunday. I think it was still Sunday. Freddie Kitchens from the Browns was fired. Uh, we already knew about Rivera. That was back at the beginning of December, Ron Rivera from the Panthers. So, and then Pat Shermer from the Giants. So those are your four that are officially out. And two of those were gone in the season. So, you know, the one we're waiting for, of course, is Jason Garrett. We've talked about that. Everyone believes he's going to be fired, but we don't know yet. Um, and then we had some stories about who are safe. So Doug Marone in Jacksonville, he gets uh, him and the general manager get another chance. Um, Patricia in Detroit gets another chance along with their GM. And then, you know who I'm happy for? Dan Quinn. So earlier in this season, they looked like they were done. But the Falcons give him credit. They turned it around. And and Dan Quinn gets himself another season. So um, the weird thing is like the general manager thing. So the Browns also fired John Dorsey. So they don't have a head coach or a general manager. And their plan is to hire a coach and then have that coach have input on who the general manager is. Kind of weird. It's been done. I think even the Seahawks did it. But I don't know. In my brain, it doesn't compute. But yeah so it's quiet it's been a very quiet first week of the uh, of the uh regular season being done it's really weird used to being loud uh one of the other things that does happen with the regular season ending though is we do get the first 20 picks in the draft so let's go through that real quick the Bengals wrapped up the number one pick uh finishing two and 14 great season Bengals. great season well done um Redskins get the second pick, and then it's Lions, Giants, Dolphins, Chargers, Panthers, Cardinals, Jaguars, Browns, Jets, Raiders, Colts, Bucks, Broncos, Falcons. Cowboys are in at 17 after finishing 8-8. Eight and eight. And then uh, Dolphins are 18. Raiders get the 19th, and then the Jaguars have another pick at 20 um that they got from the uh rams who don't have a pick until like 2022 or something like that so those are your first 20 they projected out 21 through 32 but we won't know until these playoffs are over they have the seahawks at 25 projected which means they don't see them going very far and of course they have the ravens at 32 uh you know that's assuming that they win the super bowl let's not get ahead of ourselves all right that takes us right in to Wild Card Weekend. Yeah, so about that. Yeah. Um, kind of got screwed and technical difficulties completely lost me the rest of that episode. So uh, episode 84 will end there. Dennis from Ohio's question plus his other one, his one for next week. 
uh, will be in episode 85, so we'll get a double dose of that. I picked the Hawks to win, and they did. I was just way off on the score, so sorry for a shorter episode, but, uh, well, you know what? Life's a bitch. (laughs) 